are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Most of you are familiar with this scripture. Paul's writing here uh, to the young preacher, Timothy, coming to the end of his life. And uh, here he talks about, you know, in the latter part of that third chapter, he encourages him in the scriptures. He talks about all scriptures, give them the inspiration of God and tells us what it'll do and so on. And then he comes to tell Timothy uh, how to, how he needs to stand for the word. I'm going to read a few verses there. If you'll notice, he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, his appearing in his kingdom. I want to stop there just a minute. I don't care what you are planning to do, however the Lord may be leading you. We may have some pastors. We may have missionaries, evangelists. God only knows. There may be some of you ladies. You might be housewives. You don't know. But uh, God has a charge for every one of us. And, and keep that in mind, if you will. You know, you don't hear much about trying to be led of the Holy Spirit much anymore. I don't, I don't hear that much. In my earlier ministry, uh, we believed, we believed being led of the Lord. I remember when I became pastor of Gospel Light, I pastored a little church about 12, 15 miles from home for one year. And, uh, I was working about 10 hours a day and enjoying that ministry of that little church. Uh, didn't have to work on Saturday and I'd get over in them at country and, and, uh, and knocking on doors and winning souls. Anyway, when I came home from work one night, Gospel Light Baptist Church was just three miles from me. I remember when it was organized. My home church is actually three miles away. And the pastor, God gave him a good, good ministry there. And, uh, he was there for seven years, the man who started the church. He went into evangelism. But anyway, what I started to tell you, I came home from work one, uh, one evening late. I was eating my, uh, evening meal, and uh, and someone came to the door. It was four men. Well, I say came to the door. They blowed their horn actually, and I went to the door. <laughs> and is sitting out there in a little seven, a little uh, fifty-two Chevrolet, I believe it was. And they said, "Hey, come out here. I want to talk to you a minute." I'd preached gospel light once or twice, I guess, and I'd heard the pastor was leaving, going to evangelism. They said, do you know me? you know us? And well, I said, I don't know what I do. Uh, and they said, we're from Gospel Light Baptist Church. And uh, I said, uh, yeah, I, I think I've seen most of you there, or all four of you. May. Anyway, we talked for a few moments. And they said, you know, our preacher is going into evangelism. He's leaving us. And listen to what they said. They said, we've been praying that God would lead us to the right pastor. And said, we've been around listening to some men. And we just believe the Holy Spirit is leading for you to be our pastor. Oh, I said, well, thank you, men. I appreciate that. But I've only been where I'm at for a year. And I don't believe God wants me to leave. This is what they said. I thought about this a few years ago. They said, we don't expect you to answer us now. We just want you to pray. And we're praying. You get the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and we'll, call, we'll talk to you later. Bye, and they left. I was thinking a while back, they didn't even ask me if I could read and write. 
But you know what those gentlemen, they're all dead. Now, you know what they're thinking? The Holy Spirit knows. And folks, young men, young ladies, you need to seek the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the will of God in your life. That's been a long time ago. If somebody had said, uh, you plan to stay here, you know, I didn't know. And I still don't know. But that was the first Sunday in July of 1956 I became pastor there. And I've had almost 56 years. And once in a while somebody will say, well, when are you going to retire? I don't know. The Lord knows. I'm trying to follow Him to the best of my ability. God don't lead a man to stay somewhere forever. But I hope He leaves me there. I was kidding him sometime back. He said, Brother Bobby, how long? People's always, how long? Last I don't know why I was preaching somewhere a while back. And the man said, well, who's going to be the next pastor? And I said, Antichrist, I think. I said, we're going to, I'm going to try to stay there until the rapture takes place and we'll turn it over to him. Amen. <laughs> Nobody knows. But friend, let me say, as God has got you charged and me charged, what I need to do every day is to try to follow his leadership and his guidance. And you know, there's a verse, uh, I'm getting away from the sermon here, but there's a verse in Ephesians 5, means a lot to me. The Lord said, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so you plan to try to find the will of God always. And remember, you'll stand before Him one day, and I will too. And I, so I started to say, uh, somebody asked me a while back, so now you, you think you're going to pass? I said, I don't know. I said, I hope the Lord, if the Lord tarries is coming, I plan if I have any plans, I plan the pastor there till I'm a hundred, then I'm going into evangelism the rest of my life. I don't know. But look what he said here in the second verse. He said, preach the word. Boy, how we need that. Listen, young men, we need some good old-fashioned preaching from the word of God. Now, I've been trying to preach for 61 years now. I don't know much. The longer I live the more I realize how much I need God's wisdom and guidance. But uh, it's different, and these men know what I'm talking about, these old, it's different now. We need some preaching the Word of God. I look back over the years, and uh, I, I, if I had time, I'd like to just tell you some of the men that we've had the joy of being in our church. Dr. Comfort was there back in February. He's been there several times. But uh, I think I think I can say, oh no, Doctor John R. Rice used to preach for me. Bob Jones Sr. preached for me one time. Uh, Oliver Green preached a three-night meeting for me one time. Uh, oh, let's see, Doctor Howells preached different times. Doctor Lee Robertson preached different times, and uh, on and on. I could I can just uh, think of them on and on, and I can't think of all of them now, but. Uh, it's it just something about those days and that preaching that uh, Tom Malone, what a preacher. He preached many times for me in our meet, in our church, you know. And and seems like it, that we don't have that type preaching like we ought to have. And we need it. And the Lord said, you preach the word. And notice, be instant in season. It's easy there, but when it's out of season, it's different. But you keep preaching. Okay. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For notice well, verse three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall 
turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy ministry. Now, Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered in the time of my departures at hand. This next verse, I was reading this sometime and read it, and you have many times, but the Lord always gives us a little nugget, you know, just kind of come out when you read. And I come to this verse, I have fought a good fight. You notice that, a good fight. Finished my course and kept the faith, and then he goes on to tell us about the crown of righteous laid up, but I have fought a good fight. I want to say this morning that uh, let's set out to fight a good fight. A good fight. And you remember what he said in another scripture. He said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's, uh, salvation is free. And God gives all the grace we need to live for him. But let's just face it. Don't go out there and look for it, but you are going to be in a fight. We've got three special enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. We know that all the time. But as we face these things, let's be able to come down to say I fought a good fight. You know, all my years of, of trying to pastor, three or four years ago, one a man came to me, one of our members. He's with the Lord. He passed away some months or so ago. But anyway... He came from up north and he, he moved there and, and, and became a member of Gospel Life. And he come up to me, and I don't think I've ever had anybody say this. He said, Pastor, I remember he's 64 years old. He said, Pastor, I want you to really pray for me. I've got a real, a, a real thing. I, I'm, I'm concerned. And I said, well, what is it? He said, pray I'll end up right. I don't think anybody ever said that to me before. I don't remember. Pray I'll end up right. He said, you know, he wasn't afraid of losing his salvation. But he said, you know, so many people don't end up right. He said, when I read my Bible, I, I see some great men of God, but they didn't end up right. And I thought, boy, that's a great, that's a great uh, desire to have, isn't it? To end up right, you see. Now, we've got to start right to end up right, of course. Uh, but we can start right and then not end up right. But Paul said he ended up right. I fought a good fight. Now, for about 10 minutes, I just put down some things I want to share with you. How can we have it? Number one is we got to die to self every day. We got to die to self. I, I think of Dr. Lee Robertson. Man, every time I heard him preach, die, 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 die to self. You know what Paul said, die daily, you remember. And we must do that. Uh, Paul mentioned in Galatians 2.20, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I'm alive, and yet it's not me that's living, but Christ that liveth in me. And this life that I now live, I live with the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm saying this, my friend, as sure as we're here, somebody is going to hurt our feelings. And we're going to get away from the, from the main goal in our life if we don't learn to die to it. Die to self, my friend. Paul mentioned, I could give you many scriptures. Romans 6, you remember what he said? Likewise, ye also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed. You know, we used to have Brother Lester Roloff. You young people never did get to hear him, but some of, some of the teachers here did. We had him quite often in our church. And the reason I got to get him now, Brother Roloff, you know, had the homes in Texas. 
he asked me, we're about eight miles out of Western Salem. He said, Brother Bobby, uh, could I come by Gospel Light? He said, I, I get so many calls and, and, and can I use that as my Western, Western Salem stopover? I said, anytime you want to come. So that's the only reason we got him three or four times a year. He'd preach one or two nights. But let me tell you this quickly. I've seen him. You remember, he, they tried to get him to, uh, was going to make him, uh, accept a, a state license to run his homes in Corpus, Texas. And he, and he didn't believe it was the Lord. And that man spent some times in jail. And I've seen him come, fellas, to, to, to our pulpit with the joy of the Lord in his heart and just left the place like that. And I think, how does he do it? And I found out, let me tell you. I have too much of a sense of humor myself, and he did. He just cut up with me all the time. I won't tell you. One day he was riding along in my car. I don't know. I cracked something. You, you ever see anything somebody and you think, oh, and I said that. Well, whatever it was, that's the way I felt about it to him. And I said, Brother Roloff, I'm sorry for what I said to you. I said, I wouldn't hurt you for anything in the world. He looked over at me just as serious, and he said, Brother Bobby, if you hurt me, now get this, this is what he said, if you hurt me, it's not your fault, it's my fault. Because I'm supposed to be dead, you can't hurt something dead. Good night. That's years ago, I'll tell you, every time I get roused up at gospel light about something, the Holy Spirit will bring that to my mind. If you're dead, you wouldn't feel that way. Something dead, something dead don't have feelings. But I'll never forget, God surely had him say that to me that day. And then after that, I got to thinking, that's why he could face all the battles in life, talk about him, do what you please, but he's dead. And folks, that may be a little small point, but that is very, very important. It's die to sin. We got to if we're going to fight a good fight. I put down another thing. He said, I've kept the faith. Kept the faith. After I got saved, I read that one day and I thought, boy, that's great. That means that I won't, look, I won't uh, get lost. I thought, I thought you hang on and maybe you'll keep saved. I didn't know. That wasn't what Paul was talking about. He knows he's kept with the power of God. When he said, I've kept the faith, you think with me now. Let's, let's just think. I believe it's in Acts uh, 14, if I remember where he and Barnes were sent out on the first missionary journey. And if you remember, he ran in right into problems. He got over there, little town of Lystra. He was preaching, and he was mad at him, stoned him, throwed him out of the city. He's dead. God raised him up. Then might easy to say, "I don't believe God wants me to do this." <laughs> we pastors, you know, we it's easy to believe you're in God's will until you bump up with something. Then I don't know about that. I, I've I've asked God a lot of things and then give Him the answer. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, don't you? Sure. Lord, what about this? Well, you know, you know. Folks, I'm just saying this, that I think about Him. He got up and what? He kept going, didn't He? Through all of that. And you follow Him in His ministry. Now look over, think about it now. In Acts 15, He had to go to, to a, a, a business meeting, you know, they all got together about the Gentiles and you, God knows that's rough to get through. And then in the 16th chapter, you remember when he was out there trying to win people to the Lord and won that woman to Christ and her boss, fortune teller, got mad and, and they beat him and put him in prison. 
Uh, everybody knows about the Philippian jailer. And what did he do? Well, I believe the Lord wanted, he could have said this. He could have said, now let me tell you something. I believe the Lord wanted me in this. He could stop this stuff. So I think I, it's enough for me. No, he didn't say that. I wonder, this is my translation, but I wonder if one of those fellows didn't look over to the other and say, you know, it hurts, but it don't hurt. You're like Jesus hurt for me. I haven't been persecuted like him. The Bible said to be sang and praise God. I think they got to thinking about what a joy to have just a little touch of his, and God brought to heaven down there. What I'm trying to say, he fought a good fight through all of his battles. He didn't back up. And men you've got to make by the grace of God to do the very same thing. And he did all the way through that. I wondered a lot of times when that, when that, when the Lord sent that earthquake and when that old jail shook and that old jailer woke up, there was other prisoners in there. Why didn't he run to one of them and say, what could do to be saved? I believe he must have told his wife, honey, we've had a lot of prisoners. <laughs> but I'll tell you, we got two down there. I never have seen anything like them. I mean, man, they, their feet in inner stocking. They, they were singing all night. And then you'd say, hear them say, praise the Lord, he's good or something. I don't know. Anybody ever said this, praise the Lord anyway. It was something about that, that that jailer seen that they had something that he didn't have and he needed. And let me tell you, boys and girls, the world is not reading the Bible. They're reading my life and yours. And Paul says, we are epistles read and known of all men. And I'm just saying, I'm talking about trying to fight a good fight through all of those things. We must stay in. And then I'll put down another thing here is keeping that compassionate heart. You remember what Jude says? And some have compassion making a difference. An old doctor friend of mine, lived to be 92 years old, said to me one day, he said, Brother Bobby, you know what compassion is? And I said, well, I think I do. He said, it's love in action. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Love in action. And now let me tell you, uh, battles in our life sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll lose that compassion like we ought to have. Compassion. He kept that. You remember what he said in uh, Romans 9? I say the truth in Christ. I lie. My conscience, I have continuous sorrow in my heart. And he said, I could even wish myself a curse from Christ for my kinfolk. That's compassion. I see him going in Romans chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire, my prayer to God is what? That Israel might be saved, you see. I'm talking about compassion. You remember in Acts chapter 20, when he called the Ephesian elders together, and he said, now I'm going up to Jerusalem. I don't know what's waiting. He wasn't thinking about a nice motel. He's probably wondering what kind of jail they had. Save I know this, the Holy Spirit has already told me there's bonds and afflictions, but I love this. None of these things move me, neither count I my life, dear, that I might finish my course with joy. But what I started to say, you remember when he called them together and he said, now remember that the space of three years I've not ceased to warn you night and day, what? With tears, you see. I'm saying this thing of compassion, humility, God knows there's so much in the Bible. And if we're going to fight the good fight, we're going to have to ask God to help us to be compassionate, long-suffering, long-suffering. 
Why, I, I, I think of so much. There in the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 6, if you remember, brethren, the Bible says uh, that ye which are spiritual, not too many spiritual people, is it? Listen, ye which are spiritual. He said, uh, uh, when your brother has, has fell into sea in the fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That's compassion. You know, there's a preacher in Winston-Salem. I've always admired him. About 15, 20 years ago, he had went to college with, with this feller. And this feller was, was pastoring in Ohio, somewhere in Ohio. And I don't know what happened. He and his wife got out with each other and they separated. And, and he, he resigned his church. My preacher friend from Winston-Salem, I didn't even know who this man was. But he got in his car and drove to Ohio and met with his preacher friend and wept and talked and talked to his wife and sat down and by the grace of God got that family back together. That's that's what I'm talking about. We need some of that. And that particular man had resigned that church and he's been pastoring a church in North Carolina, not near Winston-Salem, but a little in North Carolina for 15 or 20 years because his pastor friend had compassion to go happy. Let me say this. No, no, I don't want to go over time. Dr. Lee Robertson, that just come to my mind. We, we all know who he is. No kin to me, but it's been all right if he had to be. His compassion. Listen. I, if I'm not mistaken, he resigned or retired from his church when he was about 74, and then he went in, you know, and preached all over the country. He preached for me different times. I remember one time he said this. Brother Bobby, he said, I've preached in 1,700 and some odd churches. And he said, I, I, I believe the most worst missing link is compassion. I never forgot that, but I'm going to tell you this quickly. We have prophets room there in our church and uh, there at our, on our grounds. And different preachers stay in them. And he had Moose Robertson. I'm guessing he must have been around 90 at that time. He died in his 97. He stayed there, I remember, three days that time and preached in a little church about 15 miles away. And uh, this boy was having a struggle. 35, 30 people, an old church. And and uh, he was there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And he stayed in our room. And sat, I tried to call the the prophet's chamber that night till about 10 o'clock and I didn't get him. I wanted to talk to him. And anyway, I went over there. I live not live on the grounds. I went over there on Saturday morning. Ms. Robertson was putting her things in the trunk at about 8 o'clock. And I cut up with Ms. Robertson, where was you at Dockett? I tried to call you at 10. Y'all are too old to stay out so late. He, and she, he was in there getting ready. And she said, Brother Bobby, I, I, it was late when we got in. He, she said, I, I don't know that little fellow, she called that little fellow that, that, uh, he, that Lee was preaching for, uh, but said he is real discouraged. And said last night, Lee spent about an hour with him after service. Touched my heart. I didn't say anything to her, but I went home. I started talking to my wife about it. I said, honey, here's a man. Pastor of church with 10,000 in Sunday school for years. Around 90 years old. Busy man, but he's got time to spend an hour 
with a little preacher boy down yonder that's discouraged. Let me tell you something. And I can't say enough about that. But Paul was a compassionate man. He was a man there. And then he was a man that kept his convictions. And you could say so much about that. He kept his convictions. If any man be in Christ, he's still a new creature. Old things have passed with him, hold all things. He is a man that kept Bible convictions. And then I want to say this. He is a man, I think, that concentrated on one thing. You remember what he said in the book of Philippians? I'm not apprehended, but this one thing I'm doing. The one thing. What are you doing, Paul? I'm pressing towards the mark. He had a mark out, Chandra. He was a man who could say, I fought a good. And I want to tell you something. I call you boys and girls. Let me tell you. I don't know when the Lord, you don't know when He's coming. And, and, and it, it may be five minutes be alright with me. But it may be a hundred years, nobody knows. But I want to encourage you this morning to be able, now not trying to make an impression on anybody, and Paul was not a self-righteous man. But when you come down to the end of the journey, and when I come down to the end, Let's be able to leave a testimony behind that we have stood true to the Lord through all the battles. I've said this several times. If I've failed God so much, I've been saved a little over 63 years now. And I didn't get saved when I was five either. But uh, what I started to say, if I could hear my Lord, that's the main one. If I could hear my Lord say, well done. I've never been a shouting fellow much, but I expect I'd be the shouting Baptist preacher in heaven just to hear him say that. Fight a good fight. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.